Hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris and as always I am joined by Harry. Harry, how are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing decent. I mean, um, I don't feel like this podcast will be as ramble, at least the opening, I don't feel like it'll be as rambly as the last one. Um, Because we've got quite a bit to talk about, don't we? Like, I mean, um, Mm -hmm. just a couple controversies all that weekend and I mean they were not major you know what I mean like um it was a bit quiet really like not really to talk about so <laughs> should we get into it yeah yeah we can do um might as well go chronologically like we'll start off with um early Saturday game Everton and West Ham Turned out to be one of the quieter games of the week, but still, like Everton, like having looked absolutely hopeless after the international uh, before the international break, sorry, have come back and beat a really good West Ham side, and they pretty much dominated them as well. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? Roberto. There we go. He mm. kept the scoreline uh, respectable mm. because, as you said, Everton were all over them. Um, a few questionable substitutions by West Ham, um, but Everton had to leave it late to secure all three points, which it should not have come to that stage. But a brilliant goal, though. Like, don't take it away from Sigurdsson. That beautiful, clean oh, no. strike that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was br- that and yeah. Yeah, and I mean they could have they could have made it three or four though. I mean Walcott, I mean he hit the bar from a bit far out, um, and I mean it it was like it was just so much better from Everton. Like that's the best performance we've had from them all season. Like it's thing is like even the defense like they looked relatively solid. Like Alley didn't get much to do. Um, I mean they just. Rest- and Everton just really restricted him to uh, not a lot, really. And I mean, the thing is, in terms of like who had the ball, it was fairly even. Um, I mean, if I had to edge it in my head, it'd probably be a bit more towards West Ham. In my head, it's just a guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was just Everton would, looked a lot more creative than West Ham. Um, and I feel like a lot of that was down to Bernard as well. Bernard he played really well. I mean, obviously, he got the goal. Um but some of the passes he were making is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of their better players last season. Obviously, Digne was their best. And Digne did look really good in this game as well. Him and uh, Bernard link up really well down the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd... I'd, I'd it's just a completely different looking Everton side, isn't it? I mean, like, because they needed a win, like definitely. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like if they didn't get that win, then like, I feel like that was definitely Marco Silva done for. But I mean, they managed to climb out at relegation zone, the two points ahead of them, um, got a decent enough goal difference now. It's better than them at bottom three for sure, um, and yeah, it's something to build off of as well. Because, I mean, that's always the thing with international breaks. Like, if you're not playing well, 
you really want the international break to come because it's just an opportunity for your players to refresh, like go away, clear the reds, come back, and then just like come together and perform differently. And that's just what they did. Like, and as for West Ham, I mean, like the opposite really. They were playing well. Like, I mean, I know um, they just lost the last game as well, um, just before the international break. But still, they're looking a really good side. Um, and I mean, they come back off international break and they just hadn't refreshed at all. Mm-hmm. And when you said Everton are just two points off of relegation zone, they're also two points off of seventh as well. That's exactly, how incredibly yeah. tight it is. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the championship um, this season, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Liverpool just running away with it and everyone else is... Struggling. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, when a newly promoted side is just eight points off second, like, I mean, that just shows how tight this like league is. Um, and, and I mean, it's it's weird because like last season it was completely different. Like, I think it's because this season the the so called top six, like, they're not beating the teams they should be beating like because I mean last season they were, all the top six were doing that um, I mean even like god I can't get me pissing words out like the top six last season they were just completely dominant over the rest of the league like I mean even like pissing the Man United who finished sixth like, they finished nine points ahead of Wolves in seven. Like, there was a clear top six there, and the gap was there between the rest of the league. Um, whereas now, it just feels like there's not that gap there. Like, the top six, like, the mythical top six, what they have, it's been shattered this season, which can only be a good thing, surely. Well, I probably wouldn't put. Chelsea or Liverpool in there because Chelsea have only they lost their two losses came against United and Liverpool mm. whereas Man City have come against uh, Norwich and Wolves is there someone else as well? Uh, Man City, Norwich and Wolves yeah, yeah yeah well I mean obviously last season you did get a couple of blips I mean I know obviously for Man City it's happened a bit early oh, yeah. but everyone forgets like last season they lost against Palace they lost against Newcastle like they weren't unbeatable they didn't have the perfect season like it was just that they managed to just pick Liverpool in the end um, and I mean up until this week at least like the reason Liverpool have been able to like sep- get some daylight between City and themselves is because City have looked beatable and Liverpool have not They've just looked unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, that was coming into this game week, though, um, which we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, just going back to West Ham and um, Everton. I mean, it's just like you're saying; it's like really tight to call. Um, I mean, Everton. I mean, before like the international break they were four on the bounce like losses but I mean coming up like they've got Brighton 
And out of form, Spurs, Southampton and Norwich, they're the next four games. Um, and they've really got to pick up some points there because the games after that is Leicester away, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home and Man United away and then Arsenal at home. Like, so they've really got to pick up some points mm. in the next four games. Like, Ideally, if you're an Everton fan, you'd like to think at least nine points there. Um, but I mean, you don't you don't know. It's just like it it must be frustrating because the teams that you should have got results against, and I mean the one popping into my head is Sheffield United as well. Um, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Everton, like drawing against Palace, like losing against Villa, like they're the games what you should have won and you didn't. Like and now after these next couple of games, you're coming into a really tough like run of five games. So yeah, it's like can't be a calm time to be an Everton fan at least. Mm, yeah, that's very true. But there are a lot of underperforming teams around them. The likes of mm. Man United, obviously, Wolves who were in the Europa League, West mm. Ham are in 11th, maybe they should be... Well, that loss to Everton did knock them out of the top five, I think. Yeah, I mean, they would have been in sixth um, if they got all the win there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then teams like Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Burnley, Palace, they're overperforming. They're now in the top ten. Um... I mean, if the season were to end now, that would be... Um, the bottom three, though, are probably expected, but the top four, I mean, with Leicester in there, Palace are just outside of fifth. Would you take eighth at this moment with Burnley? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, that'd be a really good season for us. Um, yeah... It's just like you say, though. It's just a freak season. Yeah. Well, I mean, two seasons ago, a freak season when we got seventh. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's just like you said. Um, you'd think around about now, like, would be around about the time that the team, the table starts to take shape. Because, um, I mean, we don't, like, you just got to think. We're basically a quarter of the way through the um, Premier League. Like, and it's just like... Mm-hmm. It's, it goes so quick because we're already a quarter of the way through. Like, it's... I'm, I'm trying to get me pissing words out. It's annoying me. Um, but, like, yeah. You're just trying to form a sort of table in your head that you'd kind of expect. I'm sure we all did predictions like for the league just before um, the season. And I mean, four or five games in, yeah, you expect it to be different. But I mean, we're coming up to ten games mm-hmm. in now and there's a lot of overachieving teams and there's also a lot of underachieving teams. So, yeah, could be in for a weird season this season. Yeah, I'd say around Christmas time is when thing you can sort of project how things will be um but like you said we're a quarter of a ways through and the likes of man united in 14th it doesn't look up for them 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're pining Brighton for the days Saints. of seventh under David Moyes at Man United. <laughs> When's Solskjaer going to be sacked? I mean, they got a good result against Liverpool, in fairness, but they are losing games which, given their history, should not happen. Mm. Well, I thought they were going to have a good season after they battered us. Mm, yeah, um... I don't know why you just weren't firing like at all on that first game of the season. Um, but yeah, it's just not working at the moment for Man United. I mean, it would be harsh to be sack someone after they get a point against the current European champions and they're on a 17-game winning streak. I feel like it would be harsh to sack them there. Um, mm. But yeah, I just feel like... Yeah, tactically, he's not the best, is he? Um, we've really no. deviated from the Everton-West Ham game, but I think that's probably because there's not that much to talk about, really. Um, there's a lot more pressing issues, I'd say, um, that take precedent yeah. this week. Um, I mean, go on, we'll, we'll move on. Um, and I mean, like again, just before we go into the real like heavy-hitting topics, um, I'll ask you about Chelsea, because I mean, obviously, got a win against Newcastle. Um, what were your thoughts on this relatively controversy-free game? Um, I don't think 1-0 was a justifiable scoreline. I feel like because we completely dominated the game, um, possession-wise, attack-wise, whatever, um, 1-0 just isn't a satisfying outcome. Um... Of all players to get the goal, it was Alonso, um, which, to be fair, I'm start. He's starting to sway my opinion, as is brilliant Willian, because they've had brilliant run of games. Um, yeah, I, I came out of that kind of disappointed because I thought towards the end we might have thrown it away because it's one of those scorelines. Well, one nil was obviously. Never a safe scoreline, um, and especially yeah, against no. Newcastle, who have beaten Man United, beaten Spurs, it could have happened. Yeah, they're not a bad side in Newcastle. Um, it just wasn't firing for them. I mean, twenty-eight percent possession and no shots on target. Like they just weren't firing, and I feel like if you really try to like push, because I feel like Chelsea could like easily, very easily get that third spot. Because, I mean, especially with Spurs, mm-hmm. Arsenal and Man United all not delivering. And Leicester not being really used to that sort of level. I feel like Chelsea really could get that third spot, like you did last season. Um, but you got to be able to put teams away more comprehensively than this. I know you did get the job done at the end. But, I mean, again, that's only through Alonso, who, although he does have a lot of attacking threat, um, he's still a left-back at the end of the day. Um but yeah, I mean, the thing is with Newcastle is you look at that team, and to be honest with you, I thought they set up that team perfectly. Like, Maximin, who I'm a big fan of, by the way, although he was a bit shite when he came to Turf Moor during his last game at Nice, um, Maximin and Almiron, two really good wide players, Joe Linton up front, the two long staff brothers, Willems and Yedlin at wings back, so you've got a really good back three as well, um, and a real good mm-hmm. goalkeeper in that. That's a really good side from Newcastle. And I mean, like, 
Everyone was saying, oh yeah, Rafa was overachieving with the side that he has. I mean, he probably was to the extent that they got top half, but I mean, this should be nowhere near where they are currently in terms of like playing like shite and being in the bottom three. Like, this should be nowhere near that, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's really weird that they're turning up against the supposed top six and getting absolutely hammered against the likes of Leicester. It's just... Mm. And yeah. Norwich as well, I mean, beating them. You do get teams like that, though. You do get teams who are like... They beat the teams who they're not expected to beat, and then they don't beat the teams who they should beat. And I feel like that was sort of um, one of our issues, like the first couple of times we went up. I mean, um, our first season in Premier League, for example, I'm sorry to make it all about Burnley, but I mean, like our first like ever Premier League game, we beat the reigning champions in Man United. Like, And then the, day, like, the second time we were up, we'd beaten the reigning champions in Man City. Like, It just feels like... There, there are always going to be teams like that who struggle to put away the teams they should beat. Because, I mean, like, pressure does get to players at the end of the day. Like, it, it's... And I just feel like players, some players, they just perform only when there's no pressure on them. And I feel like Newcastle, they do have one of those sides. Yeah, and also it doesn't help that Jonathan, after nine games, only has one goal. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, actually, they don't have anybody for, who's got more than one goal on their entire team. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like they spent seventy-two million on it, million on him, and they've only got one goal. Uh, but I mean, for a forty no. million pound striker, like you'd you'd expect more than one in nine. Like, I mean, I know he got taken off this game, but still, like one in nine. Like, I mean. I feel like that was the problem, really. Like, Newcastle, they had a brilliant goal scorer in Solomon Rondon, who they had on loan from mm-hmm. the Championship, mind you, that a player loaned from the Championship into the Prem. Like, and they, they just let him go to China. Like, I feel like... They've had great they, strikers over the, over the years, to be fair. Look, yeah. Remy, Papi Cissé, Bar, yeah. It, it's just like... Oh, the, I know they say, oh, Rondon wanted to be with Rafa. If they threw enough money at Rondon, they could have got him, realistically. Like, I'm not having that they couldn't have got Rondon. Um, and, I mean, he would have made far more of an impact, I think, than Joe Linton would have done. Or Joe Linton has done, sorry. Um, I mean, that being said, he's not played necessarily bad. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's more to do with the service that he's getting. Um I'd, I just feel like they're not getting enough crosses into him, um, a Newcastle. Like, and I feel like if they played more to his strengths a little bit, I don't know, maybe he'd like, perform better. Like, I don't know, it's just thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've got Andy Carroll which was was a questionable signing and they keep bringing him on and he does absolutely nothing mm. um well he was there for the centre back one, from injury yeah. pardon yeah i mean he, carol would just bought for sentiment one and cuz he were a bargain i mean oh, yeah. for a free transfer you might as well you know what i mean like if you don't turn out it don't turn out it's not like you've lost any money 
Yeah, and he's on a pay-to-play deal as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Dwight Gale's just come back from injury. Yeah. Um, he played six minutes against us, so it's hard to judge him. Mm. I like Gale. He was good at Crystal Palace. Um, and I, and mm-hmm. I, just, I just feel like he's not probably been given a fair shake at Newcastle. I just always feel like he's always been... Whenever he's not been loaned out, he's always been a number two striker. And I feel like... I don't know, maybe if Bruce switched it up, maybe to include Joel Linton and Gale together, maybe that could be a decent partnership. I, I just feel like the tactics are a little bit stale, to be honest with you, um, at Newcastle. Maybe maybe he'd benefit from formation change, I don't know. I mean, I know Bruce has come out and said, ideally you won't be playing with five at the back, but that's because of the plays that he's got. Um, but I'm sorry, like if you're telling me that a back four of Lascelles, Cher, Yedlin, and Willems wouldn't be good enough. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny, especially with Dubravka behind him as well. Like, I don't know, I'm not having that. Hmm. I just don't know what's up with that Newcastle side. It's obviously their lack of goals that has put them where they are. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, defensively, but, yeah. the, they're really good. They've got some really good defensive players. I mean, like I've mentioned, like so Lascelles, a really good leader. Fabian Scher, like, a really, really quality centre-back. Like, to be honest with you, I'm surprised someone like Man United hasn't picked him up. Like, I feel like if he was English, I know that's the cliche, but I feel like if he was English, he definitely would have been picked up by a top-six club. Like, he is really good. Like, um, And, yeah, they've got some quality full-backs as well in Willems, um and Yedlin, and I, and I just feel like defensively they're fine, but I mean, just going forward, they don't seem to have any like actual threat. I mean, St. Maximins look good in bursts, but like he's not had a consistent run of games where he's been like good. And I know that's probably because of injury, like he hasn't featured like much, but when he's come off the bench, he's shown flashes. Um, and this was a real test for Newcastle today, and they just didn't step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a bad result because they were completely and utterly dominated and only lost one now. So, yeah. could have been worse. Oh, yeah, it could have been much worse. Well, well, that's the thing. That's what we're saying. Like, defensively, the the good. Like, it's just the, there's no threat going forward. Um, as for Chelsea, um, anti-football derby next week. Um Chelsea have Burnley at home. Oh, Burnley away, sorry. We're at home. Um, I, I don't know. You, you you couldn't really put away all your chances. And I feel like against a better team like Burnley, like this, that could come back to bite you in the arse. Because, I mean, you're not going to get many chances. You're not going to get as many chances as you did in this game at Turf Moor. So I feel like you definitely need to be more clinical and that's something you need to work on. Um... Well, in the last four games, we've always scored two or more. So, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You've got an average of what, like three goals a game or something, like. But I feel like that's almost, probably. Yeah. I feel like that's probably a byproduct of like, because you're having so many chances, like. I, I feel like it kind of came to the forefront in this game that. I don't know, with Abraham, like, although, like, he's top scorer in the Premier League, so I can't really say too much about him, but 
I always feel like it takes like two or three chances for him to score. Well, I don't know if you've noticed that. But, I mean, this is just from an outsider's view. I mean, I'm, I'm not watching 90 minutes of Chelsea week in, week out. Um, but, I mean, like, just from an outsider's point of view, like, it, I don't know, it, it always feels like he's a little bit wasteful with his chances, is Abraham. It, it's not... It always takes him more than one chance to score. And I feel like for the top strikers that will get you Champions Leagues, that will get you Premier Leagues, they only need one chance to score. And I don't feel like Tammy's near that level yet, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair enough. And he averages 3.3 shots um, per goal. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, don't get me wrong. He's, he's obviously doing somewhat right because, I mean, if you're a top scorer in Premier, Premier League, you must be a bloody good player. But it just feels like... He's, I don't want to say wasteful, like, but it could be more clinical, that's what I'll say. Like, then again, he did score a hat-trick in one game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. He's only 22, and he does kind of remind me of Drogba because he has that physical presence. But I do agree that he does need to be much more clinical. But he's certainly better than strikers we've had in the last few years. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we did identify that as a problem area. Uh, and I feel like most people did at the start of the season, was um, a striker um, for Chelsea. Um, and I feel like, I, th- I don't know, I feel like between, you know, um, Abraham obviously having the really good season that he is, um, and I mean, the likes of Batshuayi have looked good when coming on off the bench. Like, they've not been looking terrible. Um, I, I don't know, I just feel like, Striker-wise, you you could have a you don't have a world class number nine, and to be honest with you, I feel like if you had a world class number nine, like give it a season or two, like and you could be right up there with um, Man City and Liverpool, like challenging for the leagues. I I genuinely do think that because I mean like you've got a really good young like core. Obviously, the likes of Hudson Odoi, the likes of James, the likes of Mount, the likes of Abraham, they're only going to get better. And I just feel like with someone who can put away the chances that the likes of Mount, the likes of Jorginho are making, like, you could genuinely be challenging for that league next season. Like, as long as you bring in a quality number nine. Yeah, but I don't want Abraham being pushed out because that's only going to halt his progress. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, and I mean, it, it wouldn't really make sense for him to go and have a lawn move either. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know, it's just like... <sighs> I feel like we need a better centre-back and a better right-back and an attacking midfielder. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are more urgent issues that need to be... Um, addressed um but i mean don't get me wrong right i feel i think if you next season right if you have james on the right alonso on the left or emerson whatever um and they got tamari mm-hmm. 
and has Puliqueta as centre backs. Like I think I think that's a really good back for that. Like I feel I like pushing. To be honest. Well, maybe Rudiger actually. Yeah, uh, forgot about Rudiger. Um, but yeah, like I just feel like they're really sold. I I really do like Tamori. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't think he should be in England squad yet. Um, but I feel like he could really turn into a really good player. Um, and I just feel like last Piliqueta, um, he's a really good captain for you. Um, but I mean, in terms of being like a modern fullback, he just doesn't have the pace. Um, and I feel like if you move him into a sort of centre back role, like that'll really help him out. Um, because he can't. He, you notice it in games. He's not bombing forward like someone like Reese James would do. Hmm. Or Alonso. Or Alonso, yeah. I mean, the comparison's there on the other side. Uh, like, it's basically a back three with Alonso pushing forward, like, as a wing back on the left. It's sort yeah. of like an inverted 3 4 3. Um, but yeah, I feel like with another. Yeah. I, I do feel like potentially another attacking fullback needs to be on the cards whether that's with who you've got now with Reese James or whether it's someone else like I just feel like I feel like Aspie would be best um, pushing to a centre back role don't know what you think about that but it's my thoughts yeah I agree That's his best season came from centre back yeah is that the Conte um, season mm-hmm. his first season yeah and then in midfield, I would I mean, I know Kante's injured, but I'd have Kante and Jorginho um, sitting back, Mount going forward and not having to worry about defensive duties. And then Pulisic, Abraham, Hudson O'Doy. Yeah, I don't know why Lampard ain't playing Pulisic. Like, I mean. Willian is having a good season. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong, he's having a good season. And I mean, personally, I would rather have Hudson Adoy. Um, but I mean, even like, start of the season, like, before Willian hit a bit of form, like, Pulisic, he's just been a squad player for you, really. And I mean, if you look at some of the performances he put in in Dortmund shirt, like, he should be much more than that, like, for Chelsea. And I mean, especially. If you're looking at the likes of Jaden Sancho, perhaps. Because you, you know Pulisic and Sancho are still going to be talking. And Pulisic could be saying to Sancho, look, don't come here because you'll just be on bench. Like, I feel like you could definitely benefit mm. with giving Pulisic a couple more games. Yeah, I agree completely. He's just been mainly a substitute player. Um, well, hopefully he gets a start against Ajax. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a real chance to shine for Pulisic. Um, and, you know, and a chance for some other players as well. You know, the likes of Batshuayi, the likes of Reese James, who we mentioned, the likes of Kovacic. Um, those sort of players, you know, to come in and, like, see if they can break into that Chelsea first team. Um, spent a lot of time on this game. Um, we'll just move on now. Um, I mean... A lot of controversies, like, in all these mm. games. Um, we'll talk about... Go on, we'll go to Spurs-Watford. Like, looking better from Watford. Um, not there yet, but looking better from Watford. 
But I mean, that being said, they should have won this game, definitely, if it won. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a common thread, this, but if it wasn't for VAR, they would have won that game, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's twice where I felt where we felt that Watford should have won a game. Um, the, the other one being Arsenal when Decore got that last-minute tap-in chance, but shot it straight at the keeper. Um, yeah, hard done by Watford to be honest. Yeah. It's, Kind of, it's criminal that they're on four points. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they're looking, they're looking not bad, um, but I mean, they could definitely be better. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be too harsh on them because it was a penalty, wasn't it? Let's just get it out of the way. Like, I, I feel like that's been pretty established. Like, it, it just was a penalty on Delafeu, wasn't it? Like, please tell me I'm right. Please yeah. don't disagree, because yeah, I don't want to yeah. have an argument. Yeah. 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 Completely agree, yeah. The thing is, ultimately, VAR comes down to human decision. Mm. And the thing is, the refs... Yeah. I feel like the refs don't want to be um, replaced by VAR, so they've got to have it in their minds that... No, I'm going to stick with this decision. Because mm. they probably don't want to be proven wrong because the media will be all over them. That's, that's what well, I, I mean, have in my head. It, it's not necessarily the refs like being overturned. Because they're not being overturned. Like, it's, and at the end of the day, it doesn't come down to refs decision. It comes down to VAR decision. I think, personally, it would really benefit VAR if they had that pissing... Um, screen you know what they have um in world cup mm-hmm. and champions league games where ref goes over to the side and actually has a look at game like it's all well and good having these bloody um like var officials like um it's all well and good having them like in a bloody van somewhere in london like looking at them games but i mean like at the end of the day like the ref will know like most really um so i feel like Having the ref actually watch it back, um, like I feel like that should be what happens. Um, yeah, they do it in La Liga, uh, Bundesliga, MLS. Yeah, I know, and I mean like, but they you don't, don't do hear it in the Premier League. Oh, yeah, you don't hear all about it. I mean, even in World Cup and Premier League, no one were mourning about VAR. Like, I mean, it's. Well, they're mourning about the time that it took. Yeah, because... yeah, but I mean. But if it you, comes to still the correct decision, that. then I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at end of day, like that, po- them two points could be the difference between Watford staying in Premier League and going down to the Championship, and that could mean bloody financial, like, real distress for Watford. Like, all because like the VAR won't let the ref have a look at it. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that it, that will definitely happen. Um, but I mean, it's not a good look, really, if VAR gets it wrong and causes a club to go down. Because I mean, the thing is, right? If it weren't for VAR, no one would really be talking about this. It's just one of those things. What happens in football? Everyone gets bad decisions against them. You just move on. But that's the point. VAR was brought in to 
get rid of those bad decisions and they just aren't done. Or reduce them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if anything, it's... In fact, it's it been brought to the... F- now there's a- Exactly. I was just about to say that. That he's just brought more to the forefront. <laughs> like, in rugby they use it, don't they? And they... And the refs will explain to the players why they gave that decision. I think that that needs to be brought in as well, so you don't get arguments as well. Um, yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, they use it in basically every sport. I mean, to be honest with you, I think they have yeah, it. Tennis, like, yeah. I think they have it sussed out in cricket. Like you get two appeals. Like each team gets two appeals, and I mean, if you want to appeal, then it goes to like the video flight like, check in. Like I feel like that's somewhat what could really be implemented in football. Like I I mean it's just like They have it right in tennis as well. With the eagle eye. If you get yeah. you have three appeals, if you get it wrong you're down to two appeals. If you get it right, you keep three. Yeah. And I mean that's what we're doing cricket and all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Football's not as black as white as black and white as it is with cricket or tennis. I mean, to be honest with you, there's no. probably a more apt comparison to goal line technology um, yeah. than there is to um, VAR with the eagle eye and the cricket um, references. But no, I just feel like <sighs> there's so many ways that it could be improved, VAR, um, and we're just not seeing that improvement. And even within football... There's improved versions of VAR and it's just not happening. Um, I don't want to talk about VAR for this whole podcast though. Um, as for actual like game itself, gonna happen, um, no, <laughs> it will end up eventually happening. I mean, I'll get into my thoughts on a different game in a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just... In terms of the actual game itself, like... Spurs, they had all... It was just typical Spurs. They had all ball, but they didn't do all with it. Right? And at the end of the day, that's what cost them. Same old Spurs. Um, obviously, they only had two shots on target as well. That's obviously a key factor. Um, they had Gazaniga in goal. Um, and I think, didn't they sign Michelle Vaughan as backup? Uh, I mean, that were a couple of seasons ago, yeah. Um, no, but I think they've re-signed but I think they got rid. I think, they got, I think they got rid of him, though, didn't they, Vaughan? Because I feel like they've only got... Yeah, they did, but I think two, they've, they've only got re-signed two. him. <laughs> well, no, because I thought I heard um, they've only got two, like, senior keepers. Because, um, I mean, that's why they had Brandon Austin on bench, didn't they? Spurs. I, I might oh. be wrong, but um, that's what I thought. Hmm. No, he's there. Oh, he, he was signed after the squad deadline. Ah, right. That's it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, Brandon Austin was on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just typical Spurs. I mean, I mean, the, to be fair, they tried switching it up with system. Tried going three at the back with wing backs. Um, 
But I th to be honest with you, that's where Kieran Trippier would have shined if they kept hold of him. Like, playing as a wing-back, like, like he did in World Cup, like, that's where he would have shined, like, instead of Serge Aurier. But they just, they just didn't know it ball. It was just a load of sideways passing. Hmm. Yeah. They're not very, they're not very exciting to watch this season. Um. No, no. Unless they're playing somewhere like Bayern, where they just get battered, that's mm. entertaining. But <laughs> yeah, that's entertaining for like a different reason, I'd say. Um, but I mean, Watford like again changed it up like away from home. Um, sort of like a five-four-one they went with with Welbeck up top on his own, um, and it looked all right. I mean, um, the. They the were more clinical than Spurs. They the did more with the possession. Um, but, I mean, really, like, they haven't got a winning Premier League. Like, they're, surely they've got to be going down. Surely. Like, I, I can't see any way where a team who doesn't have a winning nine, like, gets out of that relegation zone come end of the season. Um, yeah. I think you're right. They're, they're in uh, real trouble. Mm. Right. Um, unless you've got all else to add, um, we'll move on. Uh, we'll go mm -hmm. to Villa and Brighton game. We might as well. Um, I mean, we've had a rant about VAR. Um I mean, to be honest with you, like, like, there wasn't really that much controversy about VAR actually in this game. I mean, to be honest with you, I think goals should have stood. Um, but I mean, the main talking point really was Aaron Moy being absolutely stupid. Like, it's his own fault. He's got no one to blame but himself. Yeah. Yeah, um, silly... Within five minutes. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like kicking ball away. Like, there's no need for it, is there? Like, I mean, it literally. It, it's yellow, getting a yellow card for someone stupid like that, and then. If you're on a yellow card, you shouldn't be bloody stupidly sliding in like he was. Like, and I mean, Brighton, when they went down to 10 men, they just looked hopeless, didn't they? Like, and I mean, Villa, the extra man obviously helped them out, and they just, man advantage, ended up overwhelming Brighton. I mean, a win was probably fair, I think. Um, I feel like, I feel like even though it was a last minute goal, um, from that target. In fact, it were two injury time goals, wasn't it, for Villa? Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it was fair. Um, the Villa win, I feel like that was what we deserved. Um, yeah. And yeah, I will say though, both teams, they, were, they did look a little bit wasteful. Um, I mean, there was something like, there were over 40 shots, I think, in this game. Not on target, obviously, yeah. but like, there were no, 40 shot, over 40 shot shots or something. 44, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean... 13 on target. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I mean... 
you could, surely you got to be doing better than that. I mean, I know they're not exactly pushing for top four. Like these are two sides who are going to be well down there at the end of the season, um, or at least Brighton. Are. I'm not so sure about Villa. They're looking a funny side. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to be more clinical than that, surely. Yeah, they missed seventy point five percent of the shots, Oof. which is uh, that's a shitload. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, that's just yeah. shite, isn't it? <laughs> like, no way to dance around it. Um, but yeah, I mean, despite the controversies of uh, disallowed goals. Villa came out on top, so ultimately it didn't really matter, but it shouldn't have been left to the 94th minute, um, because the referees were poor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just feel like... Oh, like... They're a funny side, Villa. I can't figure them out. Because one game, they look really good. Like, and next they just look crap. Like, so... so I, I can't figure them out. I mean, like... Yeah, they're, they're funny. I mean, really, they've only had... They've only faced two, like, top six sides. Like, the first game against Spurs, when they got pretty comprehensively beaten. Like, mm-hmm. they did look pretty poor then. Um against Arsenal, which again they got beat, but they looked decent. Like Yeah. But again against the teams around them, like they're losing to the likes of Bournemouth, the likes of Palace, like and they're not picking up points against the likes of, you know, Burnley. Like the likes of West Ham, like they I, I they're not underperforming, but they're not overperforming. But they're not where they should be and I, and I just can't wrap my head around it. Well, they're currently on a four-game unbeaten run, so that that includes the win over Brighton in the um, EFL Cup. Yeah, yeah. But they've got a tough test when they go to the Etihad this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect that run to continue. I mean, it's a bit harsh, because two games in a row in Premier League, Man City and Liverpool, like, you can't ask for an harder... Two games in a row, really, can you? And they've got an EFL Cup trip in between against Wolves. Yeah, a derby, in it against Wolves. Um, mm-hmm. Be a pretty feisty game. Sorry, were you going to say something then? No, no, no. Well, oh, they've right. got a tough run of four games. They've got City away, they're, uh, they got Wolves at home, Liverpool at home, and then they have to go to Wolves in the league. Hmm. I don't yeah, know if you points. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's funny that whenever you get a team playing playing someone else in cup and then a couple of weeks later they're playing in league and all. Like, because I mean, more so than often, more often than not, the past result from just a couple of weeks ago prey on mind. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they are come end of those four games. I mean, like you said, they're only three points above relegation zone, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you've got all to say. Um, 
Mm, I want to move on to the Burnley game. I mean, okay. Oh, what a shite decision that was! Absolute disgrace. <laughs> it was never a foul. I don't care what Gary Lineker, the biased knobhead, says. I don't care what Danny Murphy or the Alan Shearer, the ex-bastards say. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That was not a foul. Please tell me I'm not insane, Harry. That was not a I foul. Com- I completely I agree. Oh, With thank you. Yeah. you. Oh, thank I've you, Lord, it, yeah. that you agree. I think um, professional ex-referee, I mean, the one who has a better opinion than a former footballer, said that it should have been a goal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, it, it just frustrates me so much because, yes, there was contact. Don't get me wrong, I'm not denying that there wasn't contact, but that is not enough to make someone fall over. Like, just absolute dive from Johnny Evans. Like, and I mean, the thing is, right, like I said earlier, if it weren't for VAR, I wouldn't be moaning about this now. I'd have said a little bit and then I just moved on because it's one of those things happens for your team and it happens against your team but that's the thing that VAR was meant to eradicate and thing is the goal was overturned I think this is the first time in the Premier League that an, a, the VAR like has overruled the referee and it was for that like I'm not being funny right but was that clear and obvious was that a clear and obvious error from the referee like out of yeah. all the clear and obvious errors that haven't been overturned how the hell is that a clear and obvious error? Like, oh, I just can't, oh, can't wrap my head around it. I mean, most of Twitter, I'm just reading now, saying Burnley were robbed. Yeah, we were. I mean, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, you don't exactly get a hive of um, analytical football experts in Twitter. Mainly, you just get a lot of people from Nigeria. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we, we, we were robbed. Like, I've got to agree with him there. Like, um, And the thing is, right, the win for Leicester was probably fair overall. I mean, it was a pretty tight game, but I feel like for their two goals especially, we have to be defending better. Like, the first goal um, from Vardy right on the stroke of half-time, all Ben Mee has to do is jump for that. He gets to that ball first. And then we go into half time 1 0 up, like, and that completely changes the tone of the game. We probably would have gone on to win the game if we did that. Um, and the second goal as well. I mean, beautiful strike from Tealy, man. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, Peters has to do better marking. And I mean, I don't know why he's not starting Taylor. Taylor's fit, and Peters literally hobbled off against Everton. Like, he was injured. It was the perfect opportunity to bring Taylor in. Because he's just better. Overall, attacking-wise and defending-wise, he's better than Peters. Like, and it's just... Oh, it's, it's... I just can't wrap my head around it. thing is with Dash is he's bloody stubborn. And he'll bloody defend his choices until he literally has to make a change. Like, the only reason that last season he brought in Tom Heaton... And he brought in Dwight McNeil was because he had to. He had to make a change because they'd just been thumped 5-1 at home by Everton and we were bottom at league. So we had to do something. If we'd have just lost 1-0, like, we'd have still been bottom at league. We'd have still played Joe Hart. We wouldn't have brought in Dwight McNeil. 
and we'd have been bloody bottom of the league and we'd be playing pissing Charlton or something now. Like, mm. like it's just... He's, he's, he's got a team, right? And for the most part, that works. And fair enough. But he's, he's just too stubborn for his own good sometimes. Um, but I think overall, we played well. Um, J-Rod looking sharp up front, his first start. Um, Barnes out with a bit of a groin injury. Um, and I think that was the thing. Injuries are starting to show now. I mean, we're having to play... Dwight out of position, like, on the right, to fill in for injuries. And, I mean, on the bench, we had four defenders and a goalkeeper. We literally had two attacking options, like, to bring on. And one of them was Aaron Lennon, like... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, it, it's just... Oh, I know I've gone on a real rant, but I feel like... A, we were robbed, and B... We need to go in for a centre mid and a winger because injuries are catching up to us. And see, Gary Lineker's a clown. Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's always going to say that it was the right decision because he was an ex-Leicester player. Like, he's always going to say that and he's a Leicester fan. He's always going to say that. Like, bloody... Awesome. Because he yeah. said that um, the main art goal which we'll go into... Was um, he, he said that was fine. Exactly. Um, he said that was fine. And to be honest with you, for me, that was more of a foul than our goal was. One hundred percent. Yeah. And Villa had a goal wrongly disallowed for a similar event, which was also a soft decision. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, for me, that goal should have stood. Um, and to be honest, I think the Man United goal should have stood. Like. But it's just consistency, which is what you want from your pundits, and you're just not getting it. Um, I mean, yeah, the goal definitely should have stood for me. Um, but, I mean, apart from that, like, Leicester, they didn't look all that personally. Like, that's, that's the thing, like we said about Villa. Like, you get Leicester, right, and they look amazing against the likes of Newcastle, where they beat them 5-0. They looked really good against... Like Liverpool, when they narrowly lost, they looked good when they beat Spurs. Like they even looked good against you. But then you get like when they're drawing nil nil against Wolves at home, and then they're losing to Man United. Like, and even now they're just looking. I don't know. They just looked a little bit toothless. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, they scored twice, so they can't have been that bad. But I don't. I don't know. They just didn't look all that to me personally. Well, the um, the little goals, like you said, turned the tone of the game. Um, I think Leicester did look the more dominating side, perhaps not the most clinical, and maybe a draw would have been a fairer outcome. I think a loss, like you said, you were robbed of at least a point. Hmm. And when your club like Burnley, yeah. that's going to be crucial. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think come end of the season, touch wood, I don't think we'll be down there, um, but yeah, I mean, they did have a lot of possession, Leicester, but I think, to be honest with you, I don't think that tells the full story, because 
the one of the main reasons they had all that possession was because we allowed them to have that much possession, and they didn't really do what with it. Um, I mean, and they should have been a lot more clinical as well. I think it were 19 shots they had, three on target. Like, Pope weren't really tested um, all that much. Um, but I feel like, yeah, we played our game well, um, but our game just didn't work. Like, but and, and yeah, we were robbed, but I feel like at the end of the day, the way we performed and the way Leicester performed, I feel like they probably did deserve the win just a bit more than we did. Me, yeah. And yeah, I, like I mentioned briefly before, in January, we really need to sign a centre mid because Drinkwater's going back to Chelsea and I doubt we're going to sign him again. Um, we don't want him, you we? can have him. Well, we don't want him, that's the point. He's fucking shit. Like, no, like, uh, I bet we could probably sell him for five million. I know. We're not I mean, I'm sure guys. some. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some club would be willing to take a punt on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely need a centre mid because we had no centre mids on this bench. Um, with Jack Cork being injured and all, um, and we need another winger as well. I feel like that's they're the two positions in January where we need, really need to go for. Um, I feel like like a team like Burnley, we have to look in the championship really for players because we can't afford the big foreign players. Um, and don't go for English because yeah, exactly. Like, and I feel like someone like a Jared Bowen from Hull. I'm really been impressed with him. Um, I feel like he would be a perfect signing for us. Um, like a Goodmanson light sort of thing for. Burnley fans listening is really similar to sort of Johan Berggudmundsson really tricky winger left footed cuts in gets some really good crosses in I feel like he would be perfect for our setup. Um but we just need a winger in general and a centre mid in general because whilst his first team's fine got no problems with it we in if we have a couple injuries we're knackered so yeah we really need to build on a squad what we have Mate, you want Jared Bowen? Is he English? Yeah, he's a young winger for Hull. I think he's only like 21 or something. He doesn't um, cost you shitloads, mate. Yeah. But, I mean, That's why we, I said don't go for English players. Yeah. Well, I mean... Bowen. I think last foreign player oh, we signed... Were, were Defoe. Like, he was... I think he was last player we signed from a foreign league. Um, and, yeah, like... I mean, we've got a couple of foreign players, but they're coming from, like, championship and stuff. Um, Get Ivan Kalera, yeah. he looks good. Yeah, I mean... He just joined, though, didn't he? Um, so I don't, I don't I feel like unknown. he'd leave Fulham. Um... But, I mean, probably yeah, get some players we, from Monaco. They're doing shit at the moment. Well, I mean, I dread to think what kind of wages they're on, though. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to match those sort of wages, especially when, as I played players on 50k a week. Like. Mm. Well, Leon are doing crap, but again, the wages is an issue. Mm. 
I think a club uh, like Burnley, if they invest in English players, it may pay off in the long run, but they might have to fork out for a few of them. Hmm. Well, that's what we sort of do well, is championship. buying... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we've consistently done well, is buying for cheap and selling for a lot of profit. I mean, you just think of the likes of um, Michael Keane, for example, he's the main example what pops into my head. But, I mean, you've also got the likes of Eaton we got a profit for, um, Trippier we got a profit for, like, um, what's his name, Gray we got a profit for, Danny Ings, uh, Sam Vokes we got a profit for. Like, we, we have quite a good history of buying cheap and then selling on for a profit. Um, and I mean... Because I'm, I'm not being real. I'm, I'm, I'm like to think I'm realistic. We're not going to keep hold of this squad for forever. The likes of Tarkovsky, the likes of Pope, the likes of McNeil. Like, for me, they're good enough to play European football. Like, and we just can't offer them that. So, they're, realistically, they're going to be leaving soon. Like, so it's all about being prepared for when that happens. And, I mean, we've got a decent youth academy. Like... We've got quite a few players who are looking really good. I mean, um, like Lewis Richardson scored an hat-trick on his England youth debut like for under-18s, I think it was. Um, and I mean, the likes of Ali Koike, Tundi Bayode. I mean, obviously, they'll mean not to you as a Chelsea fan. But we've got some decent names coming up as youth ranks. So I feel like if we can promote them up to first team a bit more than we are doing... like. Maybe that'd be a. Maybe his injury problems wouldn't be so bad. Mm hmm. Yeah. You can always sign uh, my mate from Pompey. <laughs> yeah. That, that, were we that must be weird, mustn't it? Yeah. Like, I saw that. That is really like, weird. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd tagged a few of my sc old school friends and they, they said he got. He was like six foot something odd in secondary school, and they said to me he's got taller. Like, fucking hell. He probably went through puberty twice or some shit. Yeah. So I if mean, you want a lanky I'm... centre back. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've not exactly been blessed with um, the tallest of parents, I'll say. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm not gonna like I'm I'm not gonna be massive is what I'll say. Um But yeah. Um I mean we've got I mean we're going a bit off track. Um we've got all else bad about Leicester Burnley game or have we to move on? Uh let's move on. Yeah. How um, tall are you? I mean What's that? How tall are you? I am 5'11", so I'm just under 6 foot. Um, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I tell people I'm 6 foot, but I'm really not. <laughs> like, I could, I could probably get away with it, but I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly the tallest, I'd say. I'm taller than both my parents, so I mean, it's not exactly oh, yeah, me too, that yeah. much better for me. Yeah, I'm 5'11", and my mum is 5'. Four, I think. So yeah, yeah. not really. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, right, if we move on then. Um, yeah, got a Wolves and Southampton the... game. Uh, I was going to say, do you want to skip over the um, not the Norwich Bournemouth game? Oh, yeah. Like, irrelevant, nil-nil. Two irrelevant clubs, like... Bournemouth like should have put Norwich away, but they didn't. So fucking, we're not talking about them. Um, <laughs> Wolves and Southampton though, um, really controversial because Imenes could have had a hat trick, couldn't he, if it weren't for mm-hmm. VAR. Um, I mean, I mean, go on. What, 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 what did you think about it then? Like, I mean, for me. First goal was ruled out rightfully, like mm-hmm, offside. Yeah. But that second, yeah, and I mean that second goal though, like I, I, I don't know, like it's fifty-fifty really for me. Could have gone either way. Yeah, there needs to be more um, clarification on what's offside in the rules, because you it's gonna get mm. ridiculous otherwise. I mean, is it? Does it have to be a, a body part, the whole body? They haven't. It, the rules don't specify that. Mm, I, I think it's just any part of body is a fraction offside, then it's offside. But I mean, I, mean, I don't feel like that, should that doesn't be. even. If you if your hand and like putting your hand out to like say look play it in front of me and then the ref goes oh that's offside how how was an arm going to give you an advantage I know exactly it's it's mental isn't it really Um, but I mean yeah like Southampton like they took advantage of that because I mean to be honest with you I feel like Southampton played a lot better during this game I know obviously Wolves got two goals disallowed but um in terms of their overall performance, he wasn't all that. Um, but Southampton were looking good. I mean, Danny Ings, like, what's that? Four goals in four for him now. Like, he's really looking good this season, Danny Ings. He's arcing back to his days at Burnley, where he was looking like a really clinical striker. Like, pouncing on any half chances. Uh, it's five and four because he scored two against Pompey. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, so five and four. Um, but yeah, uh, I felt like Saints should have won it, without being biased, because, you know, um, because that's where you are currently, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Wolves, like, it wasn't exactly daylight robbery, like it was some other games, um, but yeah, it's just like, really, I just feel like, the draw was probably a fair result. I mean, Southampton probably played a little bit better, but I feel like a draw probably was the right result. Um, but yeah, I mean, not really that much else to say. I mean, you've got all else to add in the game. Not really. points about I mean, teams. No. Um, should we get into the half-five game? Yeah, yeah, we can do. I mean, 
it's just the same old, same old with Man City, isn't it? Looking really good, mm. like, beat Palace 2-0, like, they, just, they, look, they look back to the best, don't they? And I, and I think that was summed up especially by the second goal. They scored a lovely, like, flowing football, like, ending up getting finished by David Silva. Um, and yeah, they look back to the best, uh, um, Man City. Mm. Um, again, I feel like we keep bringing this up week in, week out. Should have been more from C. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 21 shots, 10 on target. They had 71% possession as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like... Oh, it's, it's, it's just weird. Because, like, they're, they're playing really good football. Um, but they, just, they don't seem to have the end product like they did last season. Um, and, I mean, it's weird. Because they've got pissing two defenders on pitch. And eight attacking, well, not necessarily attacking-minded players, but like they've got eight players who can realistically get assists. Like, so and they're still only one two nil. Like, it's weird. Yeah, and he started Jesus over Aguero. Hmm. Um. Well, I mean, he, he does lack a bit of rotation, does Pep? Um. He didn't do a lot. <laughs> he had two makeshift centre-backs in Rodri and Fernandinho. Yeah. I mean, they, they both played well, didn't they, to be fair to them. Like... Yeah. Uh, kept a clean sheet. But then again, it was a Palace side that rarely had the ball and rarely got a chance. So... They didn't have that much work cut out for them. But uh, when January comes, City are going to need some defenders desperately. Because that's been um, biting them in the arse this season. Yeah. Yeah, it has been doing. Um, I mean... It's, they've got a really good centre-back in Laporte. Um, and I feel like maybe Fernandinho could transition there permanently. Because, I mean, he's not going to get inside over Rodri when they're both fitting midfield. So, I mean, maybe they could transition Fernandinho into a centre-back. Like, and maybe they won't need another defender. Like, I'm not so sure. I'm just spitballing here. Um, it's not like Man City couldn't afford to go out and buy another defender. Um, but, I mean... Well, theoretically, yeah, they should be hit with the financial fair play thing. Mm, yeah, because I mean, they really, they only spent money on Cancelo and Roger and that's it. Um, but yeah, maybe Walker could transition to a centre-back like he did in World Cup. Um, I mean, they've got options to say. Is he injured? Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, Is Walker injured? Um, 
He's not on the bench here, nor the starting eleven. No, I mean, did he, did he get called up for England? I don't think he did. So he might be no, injured. He didn't. Oh yeah. Mm. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, as for Palace, I mean, again, we've been saying it all season, they're playing with 10 players, like, just sell Zaha for whatever you can in January, like. Or just don't play him, just keep him at his price, because I think it's going down the more he plays and the more disappointing he is. Mm, yeah. Um, maybe play Max Meyer. Yeah, I mean, he looked decent at Schalke, didn't he, Meyer? Um, mm. I mean, he's not exactly adapted beautifully to life in the Premier League, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's an option for Palace. Um, but I mean, it's not like they're underperforming at the moment. I mean, they're in what sixth are they, Palace? So. It's not like they have to change things up drastically. Um, but, yeah. Um, have we to move on to biggest game at weekend then? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Take us through your thoughts on um, Man U Liverpool game then, Harry. Right, as we touched on earlier, I don't think the main I was just stood. Um, there was a foul in the process. Much heavier than the ones that we saw in the Villa game and the Burley game. Yet, even with VAR, they still bloody gave it. Um, so that that obviously brings up the old Man United bias. Um, but even with um, even with United scoring first, I feel like Liverpool completely dominated the game, but they just looked really wasteful, um, and I was fortunate that Lalana got them a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they did miss Salah, I will say that. Um, but I mean, surely they should be beating that Man United side. I mean, like, they've got players like Pereira, like, Rojo, like, Fred, like, Young playing. Like, and they still couldn't score more than one past them. Like, it's just, it's just not good enough from Liverpool. And to be honest with you, this is why I think City will still win the league. Like, because when games, when the pressure is actually on them, like, or at least in the league, like, they, they don't perform. Like, I don't think they beat City last season. I think it was a draw and a loss. Um, mm-hmm. And in end of day, that's what cost them league. Like, because I mean, the playing Liverpool playing City in about a month, like that could close the gap to three points. And I mean, that's when the pressure will really start showing on Liverpool. Because I mean, they're not going to lose. Like, they're not going to win. Sorry, they're fucking up my words. Like, they're not going to go every game this season unbeaten. So, like, they have to beat City. It's a must-win game. Because I think if they beat City, I think that's it. I think league's over. But, I mean, it's it's a must-win game for both sides, that. So, I mean, that would be really one to keep your eye on. Sunday, 10th of November, that's a date, circling your calendar. 
Um, Man City go to Anfield, like, that'll be a really, like, that that could be a title decider, that there. Um, I wouldn't say this early. Uh, the, the next time they play them will be April 4th. Probably by that time Liverpool have won the league, but that could be that could definitely be the title decider on April 4th. Mm. Um, but, well, I mean, like you said, they're dropping points in games where they feel pressure. Mm. And the next run of games, they've got Genk tomorrow and they've lost to Napoli in the Champions League. They've got Spurs, then they've got Arsenal, then they've got Villa, then Genk, then they've got City. Mm. Yeah, which I mean... I, I, I still stand by it though. I think if Liverpool win against City, that takes them potentially nine points clear. I think if you're nine points clear with like, what are you being like? Twelve games in at that point. I mean, I know they've bottled a big, a bigger lead later on in the season, but I just feel like surely they can't bottle that. Surely, like I feel like if that's where it is, like then, like I just, I just feel like they need to do better, like. And I mean, like going forward, like Origi's a good bench player, and Shakiri's a good bench player, but they need more. Like they need someone who can they can bring on and make an impact as a sub, and I, I don't feel like they have that really. Uh, Liverpool. Well, Lallana, he got yeah. the equaliser. Oxlade Chamberlain looks really out of sorts there. I don't really know what to make of him. And then Naby Keita's been pushed down to the bench. Hmm. It's just... Maybe we're starting to see the tyres turn a bit. Maybe Liverpool are going to start going and bad run of form and City start to pick it up hmm. yeah I do feel like by the end of um, the season City will be in full swing and it's just whether mm. Liverpool will be in full swing as well um, which will depend on whether or not Liverpool win the league um, but no it'll definitely be an interesting season this um, for a number of reasons um, as for Man United like you say um, about Solskjaer I mean it's it's looking it's looking better isn't it like I mean you you can't sack someone after just getting a draw against the European champions and stopping him from going 18 in a row. Like, I mean, I know Man United haven't yeah. won, like, since, like, in seven or something, and that was against Astana, who played Kazakhstan. Um, mm. But, I mean, 
it would be a bit harsh to sack him now, surely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he'll be gone by Christmas. Um, but I think... Surely you can't sack him now, surely. You... They are on 14th. Yeah, but I mean, it's a chance to turn it around now. I mean, in the Premier League, next few games, they've got Norwich, Bournemouth, Brighton, Sheffield United, Villa. Like, they're winnable games. Like, Yeah, but you're they forgetting are. they've got a trip to Serbia on Thursday. They've got Chelsea in the League Cup. You know? And Serbia is quite far away, and then three days later they've got to play Norwich. Norwich, who have got this whole week off. Mm. Yeah, but Norwich are looking pretty... Um, terrible, I think the word is. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, if it weren't for the win against Man City, they'd be bottom. Like, I mean, that was a freak result. Like, If it weren't for the win against Man City, they'd be bottom. Like, yeah. That's the thing with Man United this season. They have games where they should be winning and they lose. Mm. So, I'm expecting that they lose to Notch. And then, probably in the league... I won't say, I won't say expected, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. Okay, yeah, that's better way of But they're it. all... They're, they're all winnable games. That that that's all I that's all I'll say is that they're winnable games. Like I'm not saying they're gonna win them, but they they are games that Man United fans should be looking at and saying, right, these are games that we should be winning, or could easily win. Is what I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I mean, December's a tough month for them. They've got Spurs, City, Everton, Newcastle, who have already beaten them. And then just before the year ends, they've got Burnley, who give big teams a tough time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know last season, um, I mean... We didn't exactly give them the hardest of games at Turf Moor last season. I mean, it was a pretty comfortable 2-0 win for them at the end of the day. Um, and I mean, that probably was more down to the fact that we were crap though. Like, I mean, if you look at us records, like, we've beaten, like, at, at Turf Moor anyway, in past, like, in Premier League, we've beaten Man U after they've just won the league. We've beaten City after they've just won the league. And we've beaten Spurs. Like, in a way, we've beaten, like, Chelsea. Like, uh, we've beaten Liverpool at home as well. Sorry, that was the one I forgot to mention. Um, but, I mean, it's... It, it just feels like... I, I, don't, I don't know. I do think he'll be gone by Christmas, though. I do think Solskjaer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he's the right man, really, to see Man U forward. I mean, put it, think it this way. 
Right, if it wasn't Solskjaer, if it was just a foreign manager they brought in, they would not be given this much time, would they? Oh, absolutely not. No. So, who's next on their agenda? Ryan Giggs? Mm. Yeah, give it Giggs it till end of the season. Um, well, I mean, I know the two favourites um, in the media have been Poch and Allegri. Um Right, I doubt Potch would leave Spurs for United. That's a bit of a sideways move. Yeah, I mean, not at this point. I mean, maybe end of last season I could have seen that. Um, but I don't think mid-season, really. Um, it'll happen. Um, and, I mean, Allegri. I mean, he's unemployed, isn't he? Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just feels like... Do you really think Allegri will be the man to get Man United back into that top four and push in for that title? Because to be honest with you, he's not really that man. And I, I don't know who he is for Man United. Like, I, I just don't know. Um, it's, it's the squad at the end of the day, isn't it? They can sack whoever they want and uh, employ someone else. It's the squad. Yeah. Um, They do need a lot of investment. Um, So, yeah, it's just like... um, Yeah, I mean, I just can't see any way out of this from Manchester United. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you've got all else to add, I mean, we can move on to last night's game. Um, yeah, let's do it. Sheffield United getting a shot result against Arsenal. I mean, take us through this game, Harry. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a stat to you that is absolutely incredible. So the scorer was Lise Marseille. Um, it was a good goal. He's a striker that... Sheffield United signed for ten million from Burm- uh, from Bournemouth. He's played sixty three yeah. games at striker, scoring six times. Yeah, I mean, he's not exactly twenty million pound striker, is he? Um, ten. But I mean, don't get me wrong. He ended up getting goal, so I mean, you can't begrudge him that. No, that's true. Arsenal looked abysmal. Yeah, um, I mean, like like we said against Spurs, like it's just sideways passing all the time. There was no creativity in that midfield. They were they were physically trying to walk the ball into the net because they'd get in the box, and then they'd somehow work themselves out of it. Because I d- I really don't get. How Arsenal play sometimes. Yeah, it's just. I don't see why Xhaka is played like away from home because he's just not that kind of player. Away from home, you need you need a player who'll dig in like a Torreira who they didn't play, and a player who'll get that creativity like Ceballos or Özil who they also didn't play. Like I just feel like that team selection was all wrong for memory. Yeah, and so was his substitutions, in my opinion. 
He took off mm. Pepe, well, I mean, but not Saka. And I, yeah, I, I mean, really, don't really wrong, don't get bringing the Bringing on the likes of Ceballos and Lacazette. Yeah, but well, the wrong players came off. Yeah, I mean, it probably had to take Pepe off, really. I mean, that miss, like, from like four yards out. It, it was a bad miss. Like, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. You, even if you don't score that, you've got to have to make the keeper pull out a miraculous save. Mm-hmm. Like, you're four yards out and you cost 72 million. You have to be putting those on target. Like, if that's what 72 million gets you, how much is, like, pissing Dwight McNeil worth? Like, how much is Hudson Adoy worth? Like, like how much is Hazard worth? Like, he costs, like, 18 million less than Hazard. Like, that's just mental, isn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong. Players do take time to adapt. But if you're seventy-two million pounds, you need some end products. Like, he's—I don't know why, but he always tries this cut in and curler, which didn't really work for him in France, and he's trying to do it in England, where goalkeepers are arguably harder. And yeah, um, I really don't get that hype of uh, Saka. Well, I mean, he's a youngster, and I mean, he's only nineteen. Like, but the big the, the Arsenal fans are bigging him up, saying he's better than like Hudson Odoi and Mount and that. I mean, he's and not, I just don't he? see it. No, no, I, I just feel like. Um, um, I just feel like, um, yeah, he's just not at that level. I mean, don't get me wrong, he could turn out to be a good player, but I mean, I feel like he probably needs like a loan to maybe championship, like just to be able to Bundesliga. achieve his potential, like what Tammy Abraham did. Mhm. And they've got Kieran Tierney on the bench. Mm. Um, but they're happy to play. Callum Chambers. I know he's he obviously wouldn't mm. be playing right. Well, I don't know if he could play right back actually. But just in well, he's not somehow. natural there. It's not his natural position. But I mean, don't get me wrong. He didn't look bad. Did Chambers? I feel like. Uh, I feel like as a right back, he did all right. I feel like there's more pressing issues in that defence um, than Chambers personally. David Louise. I mean, yep. what was he I mean, doing in that goal? I have no idea. I mean, you can't leave a striker unmarked in the six-yard box. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're pissing Keith, like, Stephen from, like, in Sunday League, like, teams. You can't leave a six-yard striker, like, unmarked. Uh, pissing hell, I messed up my words there, didn't I? You can't leave a striker unmarked in six-yard box, no matter who you are, like because they're always going to score from there, and that's exactly what happened. I, I don't know what to say about that Arsenal team. I mean, yeah. I'm happy well, about I mean, the result, obviously. There, yeah, I mean. They're in fifth at the moment. Positive goal difference. Um, 
And I mean, they're only four points behind City. Like, a win would have taken them up to third and one point behind City. Like, I just... Can you see that Arsenal team getting top four? Like, for me, I no. can. But that's only because of the other teams around them, not because of the quality of that Arsenal side. I can't, to be honest. Well, who do you see then? Chelsea and Leicester filling up them last two spots. Yeah, I think Leicester could do it, yeah. I mean, this is a team that won the Premiership, so why not? I mean, Arsenal are used to the Europa League at this point, so... Yeah, yeah, I feel like the main focus definitely is the Europa League, and it has to be for Arsenal, surely. I mean, they've gone, what, like... Four, five seasons without a trophy now. Like I feel like they could do with another one. And I mean, them trophies were just like domestic cups anyway. Like I feel like they get a European trophy, they get into Champions League next season, and they can build off that. Um, yeah, that's off Sheffield that's, United though. Oh, sorry. Go on. You just make your point. Uh, I'd say that's a realistic target for Arsenal, Europa mm. League, and I think that will affect their league form. Yeah, well, I mean, Leicester training Europe always does. About, have they? Mm. Leicester haven't got to worry about a Europe trip today, which is why I think their sole focus can be on top four. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know, they're a funny side, Leicester. To me, when we played them like, on weekend, they didn't look like a top four side. But when we played Arsenal, like a few games back, they definitely looked like a Champions League side. Um, so that's what I'm basing it off of. Um, but I mean, yeah, just as for Sheffield United, though, like they really perform well under Wilder, aren't they? I mean, they sort of remind me of a Burnley where they don't have the best players. Uh, don't get me wrong, they've got some decent talents in there, um, but they don't have the best players. But like. It's just grafting because they're working like together as a team, like, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, like doing that, and like actually working hard, or win out over natural talent who don't care. Yeah, their heart was in it throughout, and they, like you said, they grinded out the result. Mm. This look- is what you got to do to stay in Premier League: is grind out results, mm-hmm. and and they look hungry, which is good. Mm. And they know there's a big fight ahead. And they're getting results such as against Arsenal, which could prove crucial come Christmas. Because that's when the fixtures start getting a bit more congested. Yeah. um, And I mean, you see some teams come up and they think, oh, well, we'll just play like we did in Championship. Like, we'll play all this la-di-da football and, like, Liquid movement, and then yeah. they end up like Norwich, and they're in nineteenth, like because the insistence of passing it round back, and it don't work in Premier League like it does in Championship, and Sheffield United know that, and that's why they're above the other two newly promoted sides, like because they're actually grafting, and I mean, like you can't play in Premier League like you would in Championship, and I feel like Sheffield United know that, and they've adapted the tactics from last season. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. They're not bringing up their centre-backs, for example, um, to attack like they were doing last season. Um, mm. I mean, Arsenal were playing from the back and they looked terrible because most of the time the ball went out because the pass was over overpowered. They, mm. I don't know why they insist on playing like that because they're just causing their own problems. And a team like Sheffield United will make them pay, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was just no creativity from Arsenal, um, and it just showed, really. Um, right, well, um, I mean, unless you've got all else to add on that game, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Um, have you got all you want to plug, Harry? Uh, I'll plug my Twitter, at HazardChelseaFC. Yeah, um, I'll plug mine at IWGP Chris BFC, uh, and you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pod. Um, that's it for this week. Next week, you'll probably be getting some European talk as well as the Premier League action. Um, it'll be a big game as well, Anti Football Derby, Burnley and Chelsea. Um, so it'll be an interesting next episode. Um, but right, um, we'll see you next time.